1: can be seated hallelujah glory of god hallelujah
0: Hallelujah.
1: it's so amazing a year has come so soon it's been a year since we stood here Uh, glory to god hallelujah Hallelujah. and we are glad to fellowship with you we've come with the fullness of the blessing of the gospel Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you listen to God's word, you just have to pay attention. Because as God's word comes, healing comes along with it. Miracles comes along with it. Breakthroughs comes comes along with it. The supernatural flows along with it. Sometimes the man of God may not even be talking about what you are expecting or what you are believing for, but it doesn't matter. There is a delivery yeah 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 hallelujah Hallelujah. so i declare over your lives in jesus name name. all your troubles the harassment the weariness the embarrassment you are leaving them here in jesus name name. anything that is limiting your progress after this meeting you will see them again no
0: more
1: all that you have been believing for all that you have been waiting for for many years and many months after this meeting, you see that the delivery of those miracles in Jesus' name faith. is coming to pass in your life. Jesus Stress is going from your life. Jesus Sickness faith. is going from your life. Jesus Fatigue faith. is going from your life.
0: Jesus
1: Sicknesses of long existence are living your bodies Jesus in the name of Jesus. And the favor of God encompasses run about you. Favor to the glory of God the Father. In Jesus' name, we call it down. In Jesus' name, we call it down. Thank you, Father, for such meetings. Blessed Holy Spirit, take over this meeting and bring forth the glory of the risen Christ. Thank you for the authority you've given us. Thank you that everyone here, seated here, is blessed. Your feet are dipped in oil. Maboko rakta shimbran, simbran, kraba simbran, simbran, sabaraka bakasandaran, simbran, shimbran, simbran. In Jesus' name, makdaba simbran, simbran, makuba simbran, simbran, ikabatata kira, simbran. In Jesus' name, ubakataye. You're not struggle to get that job.
0: Jesus
1: you are receiving that job with ease Jesus and with such favor to the glory of God. Mama, kaka, tata, me kataka. Ever struggle in your marriage is, is ending in Jesus name. Jesus' name. You marry the right person in Jesus name. Jesus' name. The Lord directs your steps in the way of peace. Jesus your path is filled with glory. And your path is a path of peace mama 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 shambran simbran 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 mama kisha mama sibra akta sibra ataba sande all the mountains before you will crash them in pieces in jesus then the glory of god goes ahead of you every mountain shall be made low every valley shall be exalted, the crooked path is becoming straight, the rough rough places is becoming smooth, you will see the salvation of God, the Lord magnifies your steps, (laughs) yours is glory, yours is beauty, yours is triumph. triumph, triumph, you are triumphing, you are triumphing, you are riding on in prosperity. You are riding in glory, riding in beauty. <laughs> Victory is yours. Rabakata, yebekate. Thanks be unto God which always maketh us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Mama, 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 Mama. Thank you, Father. To the glory of God the Father. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we bless you. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Second Peter, chapter two, verse seven and eight. Second Peter, chapter two, verse seven and eight. I read from the ASV version. The ASV. And delivered righteous lot, so distressed by the lascivious life of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their lawless deeds. Hallelujah! Let's take it also in King James Version. And delivered just lot, or righteous lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with the unlawful deed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm speaking on an interesting subject. you want to hear what I'm talk- speaking on? <laughs> All right. Steps to
0: backsliding. Steps
1: to ba- How to backslide. How to backslide. Steps to backsliding. I want to show you the shortest way to backslide. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you here want to backslide? <laughs> All right. You don't want to backslide. That's good. But I want to show you the steps. So that whenever you're going to close to step one, you run away. <laughs> and in case you're in step one, you make sure you don't get to step two. And when you're in step two, you run away before you get to step three. <laughs> Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Steps to backsliding. How to backslide. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Bishop loves the topic. Bishop has endorsed the topic. (laughs) All right. Praise God. There are two kinds of believers. The Abraham type of believers and the Lot type of believers. The Abraham type and the Lot type. Abraham had a nephew called Lot. These two represent two streams, actually. The Abraham type of believers and the Lot type of believers. Amazingly, both of them were called righteous. All of them were righteous. Abraham was righteous, and Lot was righteous. There are so many verses of scriptures that tell us that, tells us Abraham was righteous. God gave him righteousness. But how about Lot? Lot was righteous. That's what we read. The Bible says, for that righteous man. So he was righteous. In fact, Second Peter calls him righteous twice. King James please King James okay oh, oh yeah AS means fine yeah King James says just but it's the same word in the in the Greek and delivered righteous lot so Lot was righteous Abraham was righteous praise God Alleluia. so they were all righteous Abraham righteous Lot righteous but they represent two categories of believers Lot though he was righteous was a defeated righteous man and Abraham was a victorious righteous man. They were all righteous. All of them were righteous. But Lot was a defeated righteous man. And Abraham was a victorious righteous man. What kind of righteous person will you want to be? Victorious, righteous. Yes. Praise God. But if, for your information, they were all righteous. All of them were righteous. Now, what is righteousness? Now, you must understand that many people don't understand righteousness in the New Testament context. Many don't understand. But understanding is key if you can live the New Testament life. Yeah. Because your maturity is dependent on your understanding into the word of righteousness. The Bible says, For when for the time ye ought to have been teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be of the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is a babe, and is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5 verse eleven to 14. But strong meat, you see, everyone that uses milk is unskillful. He's not skilled. In the word of righteousness. For he's a babe. For he's a... King James Version, please. King James Version is unskillful in the word of righteousness. The next verse, for he's a babe. Alright. So actually, we need to be skillful in the word of righteousness. We need to understand what righteousness is. Understand that in the New Testament context, righteousness is not right living. You see, righteousness is not right living. Living right is not what makes you righteous. Righteousness is not right living, although righteousness produces right living. You see, righteousness is not right living, but righteousness produces right living. Righteousness is not right living. But righteousness produces right living. Please do you you get me? If righteousness was right living, how could Lot have been called righteous? Because Lot was never living right. Lot was so backslidden that he loved the world more than God. Look, that guy loved the world so much that the angels came to tell him that we have come to destroy this city. Do you have sons? Do you have daughters? Get them, let them leave the city. We are destroying the city, yet lots didn't want to go. A his that was about to be destroyed. He laughed to be destroyed with the people in the city. And the Bible says he lingered. Angels from heaven. They've come to tell you, we are come to destroy the city. And still, you want to remain. In fact, his wife loved, the, loved Sodom so much. He couldn't, the angel said, don't look back. But he couldn't help it. How can I lose? I love this place. She turned and became the pillar of salt. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'll show you his life. The guy was a defeated guy, so worldly, and so striking the Bible could call him righteous. And that the Bible calls him righteous twice. Ah. Hmm. The Bible is inspired by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> if I was the one
0: writing...
1: <laughs> I'd have written lots and i have used it twice. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so, understand that righteousness is a gift. It's a gift. We see that in Romans 5.17. Righteousness also is, is something we inherit. It's our inheritance. We inherit from the Father. Hebrews 11, verse 7. The Bible speaks of Noah that he became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. <laughs> he became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Okay, so we are heirs. Righteousness is given to us as a gift. A gift is different from something you end you understand if you if you work for a month and you are given 5,000 Ghana City uh-huh, you end it but if uh, this time around I tell you that don't work and I, at, at the end of the month I still give you I give you 10,000 Ghana this time around it becomes a gift not something you end yeah so righteousness is a gift how Did Lot become righteous? His righteousness was a righteousness which is by faith. Because of Abraham. Now Abraham's righteousness is the kind of righteousness we have today. Abraham's righteousness is a righteousness which is by faith. Praise God. Abraham did not become righteous by living right. He became righteous by believing in God. We don't become righteous by living right become righteous by receiving Christ as our Saviour, and after we, after we receive Christ as our Saviour, he becomes our righteousness, then we are able to live right. Praise God. So what shall we say then that, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has swelled off to glory. But what says the scripture? Abraham believed in God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. Romans chapter 4. Verse 1 to 4. He believed in God and it was accredited to him. Or reckoned to him for righteousness. You see. Now to him that believed is the reward reckoned as death and not as grace. Alright. So you see God gave us righteousness as a gift. You know what it means? Verse 3. Let's go back to verse 3. He believed in God and it was counted. This is a, an accountant term, Lord Jesus, Christ, for crediting money into your account. When you go to the bank, the tellers are there and uh, you give the teller uh, a check of 100 Ghana. The teller will not cash 10,000 Ghana into your account. The teller must cash 1,000 Ghana because the check is 1,000. Yeah, so logizomai is an accounting term which means to balance the books, or actually to keep the books, to reconcile, to make it exactly as it is. So what it means is that Abraham spiritually was bankrupt. His spiritual bank account was zero. So when he believed in God concerning his testimony about Jesus, that's why he counted the stars. Actually in the Hebrew, God told him the story of the stars. It is not numbering the stars, one, two, three, four. The Hebrew word is the story of the stars. Before there was a Bible, God used creation to preach Christ to Abraham, you understand? So as Abraham, that was not the first time Abraham had faith. The first time Abraham manifested faith was Genesis 12. But that faith never gave him righteousness because that faith was not about Jesus. But in Genesis 15, when God used the constellations to preach Christ to to Abraham, the instant he believed the story concerning his son Jesus, Abraham, God put his righteousness into Abraham's account. God took his own righteousness and deposited cash debt into Abraham's account. So when it comes to righteousness, Abraham was at the same at par with God. Praise God. Alright, so now when you read Genesis uh, Romans 4, verse 23, it says that it's not just Abraham, but even we ourselves also. Yeah. To whom it shall be imputed. We too. Whom believe in Jesus, it is cashed into our spiritual bank account. Verse 23. Verse 23. So all these things was not written just for Abraham alone. Now it was not written for his sake alone, but it was, that it was imputed unto him but for us also to whom it shall be imputed it shall be put into our account if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead so the instant you receive Christ as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ God (laughs) give you his righteousness Hallelujah. hallelujah so Christ becomes your righteousness it's not blasphemy to say I am as righteous as Christ because Christ is my righteousness all right So Abraham believed God's testimony concerning his son, Jesus. Lot was with him. Lot also believed because Lot was part of his family. So that, Lot also became righteous by faith. When Abraham became righteous by faith. So they were all righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the covenant was with Abraham, with his family and with his seed. So Lot also believed and Lot became righteous. So we have Abraham as a a, a righteous man, we also have Lot as what righteous man, praise God. So righteousness is what? A gift. It's also something we inherit. We are heirs of righteousness, God has given them to us. This is the foundation of the New Testament. That means that Jesus Christ is now your qualification before God. Three days ago, a pastor from Nigeria asked me, called me and asked me a question. He asked me, so man of God, are we once saved, forever saved? I said, absolutely, certainly. When you give your life to Christ, you are once saved, forever saved. He he didn't save you to lose your salvation after one year or after two years. The gospel has been so weakened in our day that we don't understand these foundations. But that's not what I'm preaching about today. I wish I would. I was. The question is, is um, what will cause you to lose your salvation? So, someone will say, oh, son. All right. All right. Let me also ask you a question. Since you believe in Jesus, have you sinned? Yeah. Yeah. The next question is, have you lost your salvation? But you say sin, that will cause you to lose your salvation. But since you believe, have you sinned? Since you believe in Jesus, have you sinned? Maybe you don't know what sin is. Let me show you what sin is. You see, when we say sin, someone you are thinking about adultery.
0: That's
1: what you think sin is. By for your information, the first two sins that take people into the lake of fire, Revelation twenty one, verse eight. Fear and unbelief. Fear. Were you afraid of COVID? It was a sin. Are you afraid of walking in darkness to your
0: house?
1: And unbelieving. Have you ever doubted that Jesus will heal your migraine? Why do you always take medicine? Don't you believe that he took your infirmities?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let me show another greater sin. Have you worried
0: before? Yeah.
1: So people don't know what sin actually is. <laughs> we, we select some sins and say that when people sin they will lose their salvation, but when you sin you don't think you will lose it. <laughs> it's always someone else. No, no, no. Our salvation is not on such weak foundation that means you can lose it many times and gain it many times in one day even the blood of bulls and goats lasted for a year
0: <laughs>
1: for one whole year Yeah, they were accepted not by what they did or they didn't do but by their high priest and when the high priest was accepted the whole year they were free they had bumper harvest freedom from their enemies deliverance, victory by the blood of bulls and goats our salvation is not by the blood of Boots and goats. Yeah, it's by the eternal efficacy of the everlasting covenant in His blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we are all righteous by faith. The day you understand it, you'll be bold to stand before the Father. You understand that's how much the Father when we get to heaven, many are going to be shocked. They'd be surprised how God's heart beat concerning them and how much God loved them. Many are distracted by the views from many people. But we are all righteous as long as we are in Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. You cannot lose your righteousness because your righteousness is Christ. Your conduct may fail, but your righteousness cannot fail because Christ cannot fail. That's a New Testament for you. But there is something called, now, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, hallelujah, Hallelujah. for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. You see, the scripture is for all these things. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, what is instruction in righteousness? And what instruction actually means training. For training in righteousness. Although we are righteous, we have to be trained in righteousness. We have to be trained for training in righteousness. The Greek says, for training in righteousness. For example... When a baby is born, the baby is a full human being through of us. Yeah, the baby doesn't become more human being, huh. but the baby is taught how to walk, how to talk, how to live as a human being. When we receive the nature of God's righteousness in us, when we go born again, it's with us, but we have to be trained how to live the God life. We have to be trained how to walk in righteousness, because I said that righteousness produces right living. Training righteousness actually means the kind of living that God approves. When you receive the nature of righteousness, you are now trained how to live like God. How to live like God. How to talk like God. How to love like God. Hallelujah. How to treat others like God. Instruction in righteousness. For instance, you see, there, there, there is a position, you are raised to a certain height, but you are trained how to live that lofty height you've been brought into. For instance, when our bishop became a bishop, you know, when he became a bishop, he had to go through certain training. Yeah, he was taught and trained, the bishops were trained even how to eat publicly in a restaurant, how to fold a napkin. Fordiness. They were practicals. How to hold a spoon. Because they say, way the bishop has hold a spoon? <laughs> How to sit? They taught him all these things. Uh-huh. So sometimes when I meet bishops, I get some few lessons here and there. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's very important. So he was brought into that position. But... He has to be trained how to live out that, that position. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that when you are going and they say this is a bishop, there's something we expect from him, true or false. So when we say this is the righteousness of God, righteousness of God, there is something we expect from you. So we are trained like a, a king. Every king is born as a prince. He's born into, into, into glory. He's born to inherit the throne, but he's trained how to lead the kingship. Positionally, he is born to be king, but he is he he, trained how to act and how to live and how to administrate as a king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are all righteous. But among the righteous, there is those who are the Abraham type and those who are the Lot type. So we have those who are, Lot was a defeated righteous man. He was righteous but he was, he was a defeated guy. And the there are those who are righteous yet they are victorious. They are the Now, Lot was with father Abraham. In Genesis 12, when God called Abraham, Lot was with him. In fact, Lot was with Abraham when he was converted. Lot saw Abraham's first steps of faith and when he was converted, he was there. Now God visited Abraham, appeared to Abraham and said get thee out of thy country and your family and go to a land which I'll show you. But we know Abraham didn't fully obey. Abraham's obedience was partial because because God said get out of your country and your family he got out of his country but went with his family <laughs> you know why let me show you why he went with lot and Terah, his nephew and his father but God expected him to go with sarah alone but you see, it was difficult abraham it was difficult for abraham to convince sarah hmm. because in genesis 12 you know how I said Genesis 12? If we go through all the scriptures, I, I won't finish. In Genesis 12, the Bible says that and Abraham took Sarah. You know the word took? You know what it means? Sarah was not convinced about Abraham's call. Amazing. What a wife. <laughs> Sarah was not so... <laughs> what a wife. So, he wasn't convinced about Abraham's call. Abraham just, we are all worshipers of idols. You said some God has appeared to you. So we should go. Where? Your husband comes to tell you, let's go. And your husband doesn't know his destination. No vision in life. So Sarah was unwilling. So Abraham just prepared everything in the Bible said he took him. Now in Hebrew, that word means there's a kind of hesitancy and reluctancy. So he dragged him along. There are some of you preventing your beloveds to enter into ministry. God has called your beloved but your demeanor and your actions are speaking louder than your words. You would have preferred him to work, work at EcoBank instead of being a branch pastor. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that's it look when God calls you so a lot of people see. maybe you see Dr. Yvonne say wow what a nice woman of God yeah. but you know how when, when he met your, your bishop you know that it took faith for him for her yeah. to accept your bishop's proposal? Yeah. <laughs> because it, it had to do with outward gains and what he had there were other prospect, more than bishop. But Dr. Yvonne saw the invisible. And by faith substantiated the invisible. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that Billy Graham proposed to a certain girl? The girl rejected the proposal. <laughs> Dr Billy Graham seemed so poor.
0: <laughs>
1: Do you know that Dr. Menso Tabel I had a friend. The friend says, Miss Otavo proposed to her mom, mm. but her mom refused the proposal because Mr. Otavo was too poor. Mm. How can a pastor be poor like this? Mm. Someone also left me when we started going out mm. <laughs> because he said I was too slim. My wife accepted my proposal by faith.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah, the
1: man of God. You know, I'm telling you, Reverend Stone would say that for him, when he went to his wife's house, they released the dogs to chase him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so people prefer. You know, a lot of women prefer pastors who are working it in part time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But it may not be the case. What about if he's called to be in full time?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. God yeah. may started with full time. And there was no money coming from anywhere. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible says, mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is shalom. Psalm thirty-seven, verse thirty-seven. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hey, let, let's, let's proceed with the message. I, I. <laughs> Praise God!
0: Hallelujah.
1: So Abraham took Sarah. Abraham took Sarah, yeah, because uh, this faith walk is a is a dangerous walk. Glory. It's full of risk, Glory. and you know Abraham had to take Lot for the journey. It was a, it's a kind of disobedience to God, though, yeah. because God says, "Leave your family." It was too strong. How can I leave my family? Yeah. Just go with your wife. That's what he implied. So, but Lot was the only possible heir Abraham had. So Abraham reasoned naturally that, okay, so all that I have, who, if I'm dying, who will inherit what I have? So he took Lot. Remember, Abraham was a new convert. He didn't know much about God, so he couldn't fully be convinced about God, what God has said. So he took Lot with him, who was the probable probable heir of order he had, because Lot was his nephew. He didn't have a child. Then he took his, fa- old fa- his father, the old man, Terah. God said, "Leave them behind," but he took Terah, because Abraham felt like, if I leave my this old man, who care for him? All these guys are wicked, you know. <laughs> so if I respond to the ministry, how will I feed my family? How? Every one of us ought to be, will be confronted with this kind of question. You will you reason in the flesh. Uh-huh. Rationally. <laughs> yeah. So Abraham, by God said, if the Lord said, leave them, God was going to take care of them. But he went with his father, Terah. And assuming that they've packed all their luggage, and they've gotten out of the street, and Tara, who is Abraham's father, will ask Abraham, "So, the God who appeared to you, where did He say we should go?
0: Where
1: next? Where next? <laughs> Left or right? Because God says go. So he just have to step out and start moving. <laughs> no, Hebrews eleven eight says he didn't know where, who, where he was going. And you know what happened when he took Tara with him? Terah said, "My son, come." there are some things you have to apply reason. You have to use wisdom. Where you are going, you don't even know where you are going. You let us go to Haran. You know, Haran is your brother's place. Let us go and live in Haran. Maybe a further instruction will come. So instead of Abraham going to where God had led him, he went and lived in Haran. Missed the will of God. (laughs) He lived in Haran and he was there until Terah died. Then God's voice came to him the second time. That is when he stood up. And the Bible said he was 75 years. And crossed the river Euphrates into the promised land. In the Hebrew, terror means delay. Terror means delay. Make sure there are no terrorists in your life. Because when you work with terror, <laughs> what will take five months may take five years.
0: <laughs>
1: there are some friends you have, the, they are terrorists. Yeah you could see that whenever you are in conversation, they are delaying you. Whenever you get into, into their midst, you are either speaking against your pastor or you are speaking against something that is not wholesome. Ask your neighbor, how many terrorists do you have in your life? Another person, how many terrorists do you have in your life? How many terrorists do you have in your life? Yes. They will delay you. Alright. Now when Abraham got to me, the promised land. Lot was with him. Lot saw his first steps of faith because it was his heir to be, actually. Then, when they go to the promised land, they met a Canaanite, actually the giant. Then Abraham left to Egypt. When he got to Egypt, it's a whole story in Genesis 13. But when he left Egypt, he left with the wealth of Egypt. There was a wealth transfer given to Abraham. Pharaoh, delivered his possessions to Abraham so by the time they left so all along lot was with him Abraham built altars when he was building the altars lot was building the altars with him you know altars altars speaks of uh, the symbols of sacrifices and intimacy in the revelations of god so lot actually took steps of faith with Abraham Abraham didn't know where he was going lot was with him he believed in Abraham's god he saw his steps of faith and when Abraham got all his wealth from Egypt, the great wealth transfer, he gave a lot to his heir to be, to Lot. So much that in Genesis 13, the Bible says that the land could not contain them. Lot was rich because of Abraham, the land could not contain them. So much that there was strife between the headmen of Abraham and the headmen of Lot. Can you imagine? Lot and Abraham had no problem, it was their employees that had problems. <laughs> it was their employees yeah. most of the times in town you feel like ah this pastor has a problem with this pastor most of the times it's not like that yeah. most of the times it's the church members or the leaders who have problems with the other church members and leaders yeah. Yeah, but when, when the, the two pastors when they meet in a restaurant you see that they are striking along they are talking uh-huh. but most of the times it's those who serve, who serve under them they cause a lot of trouble hallelujah Now something happened they were so wealthy they had to part lot had to make his first independent decision and he made a foolish decision selfish decision all your worth was from abraham he should have humbled himself and subjected everything back to abraham but he chose according according to the flesh and he separated from abraham be careful who you separate from All of Lot's problems came from his separation. Beware who you separate from. Because Abraham, you know what, had spiritual authority, spiritual influence and covering over Lot. I'm telling you. He had covering and spiritual influence and spiritual authority over Lot. And he separated, so he was alone. Beware who you separate from. You see, God has his perfect administration when it comes to the church. There are some people, they think they can go to any church at any time. And they can be with this pastor, the next day they are with this pastor, the following day they are with this pastor. Or they can do whatever they want. They don't know God. It's not like that. When Paul and Barnabas split, (laughs) they were not meant to split. They split on natural affinity. Uh Because of Barnabas's nephew, Mark. They went back to their hometown, Cyprus, and when they separated, the Bible says Paul was commended unto the grace of God. That means Paul was right, although his method was not, order, or was not the best. <laughs> so they split it, and that was the last time we heard of Barnabas. The last time. You see, we have God's governmental dealings. You can't say, boom, oh, after my pastor, I'll, not, I'll let me leave Actually, your prosperity is tied up with your pastor, and your blessing is tied up with your pastor. That is divine arrangement. There are some associations when you leave it when when you part. If you are leaving, it must be at the right time, according to God's design. We, we all know this is what God is doing. Yeah, you can't just leave. That is the institution of God's government. You can't just leave. Because your prosperity is tied up. God, when He calls you, even believers, He puts us into companies, streams, companies, families. There's a way He knits us together. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. So, beware not to separate from the people God has given you.
0: Yes,
1: Praise God. Alleluia. Important. Yeah. Relational blessings are from God. Associations are given heavenly. God places you where he places you. Yeah. My relationship with Bishop T is divine. It's divine. If it was human, it couldn't have lasted. It's divine. So we, we all know it's divine. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. it's so unique, and your relationship with him is divine. You could have gone elsewhere, but God brought you here because your blessing is tied up with him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. All right, let's see how Lot got backslided. Steps to backsliding the first is that Lot lived in the borderline of the world. He lived in the border, borderline, the borderline of Sodom. He lived in the borderline of Sodom, the borderline of the world, the borderline of Sodom. Genesis 13 verse 12. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now, at this time Lot was not in Sodom. Lot didn't begin in Sodom. <laughs> he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Border line. The borderline. Now when you are descending to Sodom actually in that plain there, are, there were 13 cities. Out of the 13 cities there were five major cities but Sodom was the leading city and when he descended he pitched his tent Toward, let me explain what it means to pitch your tent toward Sodom. It's like coming to Kumasi. You are not in Kumasi, but you are close to Kumasi. Let's say Ephidiace. Is, is close to Kumasi, right? Ejussu. From Ejisu, where do you go? Okay. So now, Lot now lived in Ejusu. Let's say Lot pitched his tent in Ejusu. So he was there. And time after time, he began to hear the sounds from Sodom. He began to hear the sounds from Sodom. He could, and he began to see the light from Sodom. And the, the sounds. He could feel that the place was drumming. Yeah. <laughs> he felt like mm, something was happening there. So he, I'm explaining the word toward. So he moved from Ejizo
0: to
1: Messiah. Letter <laughs> by letter. Right. <laughs> he could feel what was happening. He felt like no. Christian, I cannot exempt myself. So he moved closer and closer until he was in the center of the city. Wow. <laughs> wow. So now, Lot now live at the borderline. Ask your neighbor, where do you live?
0: <laughs>
1: there are certain Christians, they live in the borderline of the world. It's just, they are just between. You see, they are not far from the world. They are not, f- they are not far. They are not, they are not deep in the faith. So, they are in a shallow place. Uh-huh. So, where they are, you see, they are too shallow God cannot use them, and they are too shallow Satan cannot use them. <laughs> they are neither hot nor cold. so they are in a halfway place, lukewarm and it's a very deadly place when you are lukewarm you are not hot, you are not cold if you were cold you would have been in the world if you were hot you would have been deeper in the things of God but now you are in a halfway place you are between you know where you are, you are in the borderline of Sodom I will show you where you finally end (laughs) now understand that the most difficult Christians to deal with are not those who are cold. And they are not those who are hot. They are those who are neither hot nor cold. Jesus himself said to the church, the Laodicean church, that I wish you were either hot or cold. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> but you are lukewarm. Because you see, when you, are, when you are in. What are the coldest countries in the world? Russia. Russia. When you are in a cold and you are freezing, nobody will tell you to look for what? heat yeah but when you are lukewarm you feel all right because you can manage the situation yes. so a lot of prefer preferred that you were cold because the coldness would have driven you to the fire yeah. but now you are in a halfway place and those who are in that kind of place whatever you tell them they know it
0: yeah.
1: but they will never do it yeah. whatever pastor is preaching they know the next point yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, these people, when the preacher is preaching, they are even marking his English. And they are back in (laughs) the (laughs) tenses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm trying to remember something that my wife told me. Um, A preacher preached. And uh, after preaching, another preacher asked a member, how was the preaching? Were you blessed with the preaching? You know what the member said? What did the member say? My wife, help me. He said, uh, not one split, infinitive, or dangling participle. (laughs) How was a message? Not one split infinitive or dangling participle. Wow. So he/she was there just marking the English. Can you imagine? <laughs> PhD <laughs> level, <laughs> Now, in the in Ezekiel forty-seven, the river of God flowed from the temple, the symbol of the Holy Spirit, and when the river flowed from the temple, it's amazing. The river entered into the desert, and all of a sudden, the, tr- the desert became alive. Yeah. Yeah. Grass grew, and trees just came up in the desert. The same river touched the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea came alive. The fishes that were dead came alive. But the river touched the miry places, or the muddy places. The Bible says the river could not heal the muddy places so the river healed that which was dead but when it came to the mary place no the mary or the muddy places are we call it halfway place madi or mary is a biblical symbolism of lukewarmness you see mary or madi is, is as if it's hard yet it's soft you know madi and mary so the river of god could not heal that place but, but it's in ezekiel 47 but it healed the dead desert and the dead sea, but I couldn't heal. So those who are at the borderline of the world, very local, It is hard for them to change. The Holy Ghost will come upon them, still they are the same. The no matter that anointing that comes upon them, still they are the
0: same.
1: Ezekiel forty seven verse eleven. Now, when the Israelites were entering the promised land, they, were, they go to Jordan. And when they got there, two and a half tribes, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh, they took, went to Moses and said, sir, we found a very fertile land and the, the pastures are green. We have a lot of flocks, so permit us to be here. They dwelt at the borderline of Canaan. <laughs> Technically speaking, they were not in the Promised Land because they never crossed River Jordan. Technically speaking, so they just lived at the borderline of the Promised Land. God said, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Despite all the promises God gave, they saw a land that was full of green pastures and they said, oh, I think we like here. This is good. So they just lived at the borderline of canaan and never entered canaan so they were between the world and the promised land why because they saw green pastures we don't want to go in can you imagine for 40 years we've been laboring to enter into the promised land you go to the borderline they say you don't want to go again because you've seen something that is nice the way of green pastures so, there are so many reasons many don't want to commit deeply to God. Many don't want to commit deeply to church and they don't want to be on fire because of greener pastures. Many are afraid that when they get fiery for God, they will lose associations and relationships. Yeah. They feel that, Charlie, if we get on fire every day, we are fasting, we are praying, we are going to church. Mm. All these nice friends I have, I will lose them because every weekend we are chilling. Every weekend we have to go to this cinema. We have to go here. Hmm, I can't do that. Ah, This is a greener pastures. Let's just live let at the borderline. Uh-huh. They are at the borderline. You know why? They, they know about church. They pay their tithe. Uh-huh. They listen to Bishop's podcast once a while. But asking, getting fully to the things of God. No.
0: We,
1: we, we won't do it. If I do it, how will I survive? Because I've been servicing that sugar daddy for some time. Yay! Yay! That's the reason why all my fees have been paid. That's the reason for my survival. Yay! If I leave this servicing, <laughs> who <service me>? will <laughs> service me? Who will give me the retains? If I get on fire and I leave that guy, what will happen to me? that guy buys me phone. that guy gives me my daily bread that guy does a lot of things for me Mm. that guy buys me shoes he's my supplier Mm. and some sometimes the ladies rather the lady supplies you Your sugar mommy Mm. all these things are happening Mm. so they live at the borderline Mm. because they found greener pastures somewhere super bets bets. oh hmm see that has an ear let him hear borderline you know what it means they were to be taken to the land that was flowing with milk and honey the land was not filled with milk and honey flowing, Now the word flowing speaks of blessings, you know God wants not just to bless you but to make you a blessing and I I said that if you can feed your family and provide for them you are blessed but if you can feed your family, provide for them, and provide for other families, you are blessed. That's a land that flows with milk and honey. Milk and honey, victory and sustenance. God is bringing to the. You see, when you get deeper in God, true prosperity is rooted in spirituality. The more God has, better things for you than the world can offer. What you think you are enjoying? Ah, is is a food for swine? Is a food for pigs? For hawks. It's a swirl of Satan's pigsty. The real food is in Zion. Hallelujah. Come to Bethlehem. The house of bread. When you get deeper in God, all your, all your, he is faithful to supply all that you need. He will do it for you. He, he has never failed before. It is we that fail. He never fails. We fail. He never fails. Yeah. You know what? Moses addressed these two and a half tribes and said, why do you want to discourage your brethren? You see, they were going to pose, cause their brethren to be discouraged. You know why he said that? Because now, if the tribes go for war, two and a half tribes are behind are not there to fight with them. That means they'll be lacking in two and a half tribes. So why do you want to discourage your brethren? The, the truth is that those of us who are shallow, if you are shallow and if you are the borderline of the world, you become an object of discouragement for many Christians. You have no idea who, those who are watching you. Your family members are watching you. Your workmates are watching you. Your classmates are watching you. You are, you, are, you, are, you are just shallow. You don't want to commit fully to the things of God. For your, It will shock you. That when we get to heaven, you'll be surprised the number of souls that couldn't respond to the gospel because of your lukewarmness. And many are discouraged because you are not committed. I'm telling you. For instance, if Bishop was not committed to the faith, where will you have been today? There will be no church here. God love economy. If he had not committed to the faith and remained steadfast in the faith, it's amazing. So do you know what will happen when you get committed to the faith because actually there are many souls and there are many people that are tied up to, with your destiny you have no idea but when you walk in that kind of lackadaisical or laodicean lukewarmness many are discouraged to pursue the lord because of you the tribes lived at the borderline you know what happened during the Assyrian captivity, you know the Assyrian captivity, the Israelites were driven into captivity by Assyria and Judah was driven into captivity by Babylon. But Assyria was the first nation to drive Israel into captivity. They came to take them away. The first to be taken into captivity were those at the borderline. They came for Reuben, <laughs> for God and a half-tribe of Manasseh. They took them first to captivity because they were the closest to the Assyrian kingdom. They were closest to the world. So those who are at the borderline of the world, they have the greatest problems in this world. They are not deep in the things of God. So they are always becoming sick. They are victims of family cases. Every day they are worried, they are complaining, this, this, and so many things. Because they are not deep in the things of God. May you be deeper in the things of God. They were the first to enter into captivity. And in the history of Israel, no prophet arose from these tribes. Can you imagine? Those who are at the borderline, no prophet came from that place. But you can get prophets from all the rest of the tribes. But no prophet arose from this place. You You have no idea what you are losing by being at the borderline of the world. You just want to be comfortable. You want the appraisal of men And you want people to know you are are still in church. But you are so shallow, you don't don't want to get your roots deeper into God. Continue. It will affect your posterity. No prophets arose from these tribes. Praise God. So, in backsliding, backsliding begins with living at the borderline of the world. Yeah. You are in a halfway place. One leg is the church, one leg is the world. You, you, you are just at the borderline, and that's what uh, um, 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 Lot did. Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. He wasn't he wasn't in Sodom to begin with. It was toward Sodom, and once you are toward Sodom, the influence will come. You'll be influenced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word.